Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! Pacini! He's round the goalkeeper! He's done it! Absolutely incredible! He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of a doubt giving him lip. Dead ball specialist goalkeepers or last minute bundlers? Relentlessly underlapping right backs, speculative left backs, grapple defying centre halves, defensive midfielders who can certainly hit them. What does an aspiring number eight actually have to do to add goals to their game? Perlers versus curlers. A postmodern analysis of the beyond parody art of cutting inside and the final touch of a true number nine. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés and the trademark Goal 11. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 153 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me for this selection process, first of all, is Charlie Ecochet. How's it going? Good, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. I might have asked you this before, but what is a trademark Charlie Ecochet goal in a nutshell? Um, a bit of a sort of poacher's effort, sort of arriving into the box, mm. ball drops, and I'm there to poke it home. Feeding off scraps. Mm. I worked out okay. recently, I scored more than 50 goals for my Sunday league team that just uh, folded. I was going through them on a run, I was sort of counting season by season, and I got to just right. over 50. What was your biggest season tally? Uh, eight. From right wing. Yeah, was, That's not it bad. It was very consistent. I was kind of... Because yeah. I worked it out. It was over 11 seasons. So I was basically getting about five a season. Which, bear in so mind as well, they're not proper seasons we're talking about. Yeah. It's not like the price. So you added goals to your game. Yeah, very much so. That, that sort of level of, mm. of contribution. Good, good. Your strike partner for this one is Michael Cox. Hello, Michael. Hi, Adam. Um, what is a Michael Cox goal? What does it look like? Uh, I think the only the, the closest thing to trademark eleven aside, I was on the edge when when there was a corner. Mm. So um, oh, what skulls like? Well, oh no, no, I mean like a, a headed clearance mm. and then a finish. Absolutely not <laughs> skulls like. No, I, I agree with this. Hanging on the edge of the area in a Sunday League corner is is where to be. Um, no one, very few headers are scored in Sunday League. Mm. I think feeding off. The second ball at the corner is where the thinking men really hang around. Um, before we get stuck into the trademark goal 11, the concept of which will be detailed very shortly, let's have a little adjudication panel for our Thursday audience. First up, noted character Huddersfield Stadium announcer Paul Rambo Ramsden was announcing the amount of injury time as Huddersfield looked to see out a 2-0 win over Luton on Monday night. And... Um, uh, I think he had his Huddersfield hat on a little bit too too tightly for this. It'll be game set a match. A minimum of seven added minutes. 
Charlie, should a stadium announcer A announce the amount of injury time in a sarcastic fashion and B <laughs> utter the immortal line, where did he get seven minutes from? <laughs> Are you saying what we're all thinking? Really? <laughs> You think it's all right? No, I mean, we, we've spoken about this, haven't we, before the stadium announcers staying in their lane. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, how, how straight, how straight they're able to play it. I don't know. I don't want to, cru- I don't want to crush their spirit. But at the same yeah. time, it, it, it maybe is taking things a little too far. Well, if you become part of the furniture, I guess this is the sort of thing that happens. Um, he's got track record for this, Michael. He um, he once goaded Chelsea, Chelsea's players back in 2017 by saying, I hope they enjoy their hot water bottles at half time. So that, <laughs> that's the level. That's the level we're, we're talking about. A, a very, very nice man, I'm led to believe. So I don't want to go into him too hard. Top man. Um, but I think injury time, incredulity, is all right. I think you can set in a sarcastic voice. You can't add anything on the end. But you can do it. I, you can do it and get away with it. Mm. Seven minutes <laughs> of added time like that. I quite like slightly alternative is if there's been a, a major stoppage in the game for a few minutes, which of course is sometimes a serious injury, mm. and there is you know t- twelve minutes of injury time. I like sarcastically saying, "Where's he got that from?" Just because I really like the uh, when the there's no mystery whatsoever to the yeah to the, absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tr- it's just because I mean in in general. There's a bloke there with a watch timing. Mm. I, I just trust him to, to mm. judge it better than me, who's just been guessing <laughs> these terms. This does make me wonder, though, what is the upper limit for sincerely wondering where they got it from? I'd say six. Any more mm. than six, and it must be obvious where it came from. Mm. Yeah, I do, I do think there was a weird thing as well. I noticed this yesterday with, with like injury time, how often there'll be like three minutes added on. You're like, that would be nine minutes in a proportionately in a half that seems to happen quite often it's, it just seems odd that you get like you get these huge amounts in extra time i don't know where that convention has oh come i from. see oh i see what you mean oh right yeah um just to avoid aggro i guess but um but yeah not at huddersfield it seems next up hot on the heels of trevor sinclair completing an unprecedented hat trick of saying testiculating instead of gesticulating here's rte pundit kevin doyle continuing the circle of life after Real Madrid versus Chelsea on Tuesday night. You know you've done, you've messed up. You don't need to see your manager jump around and just aid to the bench, you know, as if you've, you know, shot someone or whatever. <laughs> Would be great to see a manager just dating <laughs> to the bench. Could be done. Would take a while. <laughs> Nine months of injury time. <laughs> Where did they get that from? <laughs> Very GCSE biology. Yeah, it's it's weird how malleable the word gesticulating has become, Charlie. I don't know why. I'm not sure why it is. Maybe it's just a word we don't use often enough. And, and in football, when we we're forced to use it, we just don't know what to do with it. I think the length Out of, of it, the length of it means there are quite a, there are a number of points at which you can <laughs> take it on divergent routes. And uh, mm. yeah, that is a new one. Mm. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Well, luckily, with twenty four seven US based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is football cliches. Let's get on. Let's get on with the trademark goal 11. Now, Charlie, I solemnly have to ask you at the start of every one of these, are you happy with what we're doing here? Have you got your head around it? Because <laughs> I, f- I fear the word trademark has been a bit misleading because trademark goals are for players, but we're, we're trying to pick the kind of standard goal for each position. Yes, I think so. I mean, in, in, in my head, it's... Yeah, when you imagine what's the most kind of standard goal, um, not for an individual, but we are talking about position. So, yeah, I, I, I think I think I'm fairly clear. I mean, obviously, we'll start with goalkeeper, won't we? And that's um, yeah, of course. That's that's one of the weirder ones, but maybe one of the easier ones in a way. There there are some more kind of headline grabbing typical yeah, goalkeeper more goals. More nuance the further down the exactly, team you go. Yeah, I think. yeah, but. This isn't this isn't um, an inopportune moment to do this, Michael, because everyone's a goal threat now. I think we, I think we're probably at peak 
moment in football where goals can come from anywhere in the team. So I think it's important to document this, to stock take where the modern goals are coming from and how they're scored. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, we've kind of gone past the age of, I mean, this is a slightly different thing, but you don't really hear commentators talking about a striker's tackle that much anymore, which in the 1990s was a real thing. But strikers can tackle now and defenders can score goals, you know. Everyone has to help in every different aspect of the game. So, yeah, I think you're spot on. Okay. Um, normally, Michael, for this, we do a 4-3-3. Just, just to share out the um, the appeal across the team. But I'm I'm slightly inclined to go towards 4-4-2, maybe, just to make it a little bit more fun so we can have two strikers, sort of two proper centre-forwards. How do you feel? I'll tell you why. I'm also really bored of talking about wide forwards. I'm sick of them. Because <laughs> they're, uh, they're becoming the most monotonous player in modern football to me. I'm sick of talking about them. And I mean, I'm starting to think maybe we should go back to a classic 4-4-2. How do you think? I'll let you decide. It's up to you. I wasn't expecting tinkering at this late <laughs> stage. I don't know if you've seen the opposition's lineup. And something. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Uh, yeah, let's not do a last-minute change. Four-three-three. It is. Let's stick to tradition. Um, so essentially, we're about to mastermind an eleven-nil win, consisting of the most industry-standard goals <laughs> and goal scorers imaginable. So let's start in the most logical place of all, in goal. Now. Charlie, call me a little Englander, but I don't think I'm massively keen on a dead ball specialist here. I'm over them now as well. The novelty's worn off. I've read every single blog about Rogerio Senni now. There's, there's or, nothing left. Or Schillevert. I mean, he, he was the, the, the Paraguayan who popularised that in my mind, the scoring spectacular mm. free kicks and penalties, I believe. But yeah, that feels a little too novelty maybe. Yeah. Um, two words for you, Michael, from Dan McCarthy. Wind assisted. Well, this is interesting because there's two very obvious different categories of goalkeeper goal. One is the clearance downfield that bounces once and goes over the opposition goalkeeper's <laughs> yeah. head. The other is the last minute, usually equaliser because they, they have a reason to go up. Now, I don't want to get too technical here. But if this is an 11 nil win, I don't think we can have the goalkeeper going up late on. <laughs> point. Not, this is actually yeah, fine. That. Fine. You're not going to do that to no up. <laughs> Unless so he really wants to get in on the act. <laughs> well, the only exception is I remember once for Ajax, Edwin van der Sar scored a late penalty <laughs> when they were 9 up, which is such an un-Vander yeah. Sar thing to do. I can't imagine a goalkeeper less amused by that kind is of that, thing. Is that actually disrespectful? I think it is. I think at I the think end of a 9 niller. Actually, I'll tell you what, the funny thing was, it actually ended 9-1, so he lost his clean sheet. Oh, wonderful. And I reckon, did he have a goal bonus? Probably not. Bet he had a clean sheet bonus. I mean, personally, of the two, I would prefer goalkeeper going up late to score because Mm. they celebrate it. I hate this Mm. goalkeeper's union where a clearance goes in the opposition goal and they refuse to celebrate. Just enjoy it. It's part of football. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's ignore the trajectory of this game then. Let's have goalkeepers up for corners then. Charlie, because I, there's obviously something massively unsatisfying about a, a fluke goal that, that is blown into the opposition net and then and we have to go through the goalkeeper's union nonsense. So um, how is your goalkeeper dispatching this and how are they celebrating it? Yeah, I mean, e- even within the goalkeepers going up corners scoring, there is there are a few genres, aren't there? Because there are occasions... Like Alisson last season was obviously just a brilliant header. Yeah. There, there was one, um, Paul Robinson. Why was that in his muscle memory? That's why I want to incredible, know. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But um, Paul Robinson, obviously he's known for scoring one that Coxie's describing. He scores one against Ben Foster where he boots it. He also scored for Leeds, a brilliant header against Swindon. Again, like the Alisson mm. one, you're like, How, when did he learn to do that? <laughs> but obviously then you have the ones, there's Jimmy Glass. I think Schmeichel yeah. as well, where it just sort of lands to them and they blast it. Yeah. So... It kind of depends what we think is more satisfying, which we think is more pure goalkeeper essence, I suppose. I'd have to say, I mean, I'm inclined towards the the Jimmy Glass style. Yeah, I know what you mean. Knockdown and the ball just falls in a way that could only happen at that moment just for them, perhaps even on the half volley, and they just had to put their boot through it. It's never going to be a stylish finish. It will be laces through the ball, mm. I'd say seven yards out and... And then, and then the celebration of them trying to get away, like in pure ecstasy. <laughs> yeah. But, like, because goalkeepers, you know, by definition, are not the paciest, Michael. So they will get mobbed straight away. <laughs> but arms, arm, they can't even get their arms up. Like that's how mobbed they become. Yeah, I mean, 
And also in terms of not being the paces, obviously if they don't score, there's something about a goalkeeper sprinting mm, yeah. that I find really unsat. I don't know whether it's long sleeves or the gloves or whatever, but it just doesn't look right. <laughs> it's because so. they're bulkier. And I think it is partly the gloves as well, because it, it seems to dominate the aesthetic, their silhouette. But they're, they're just generally bulkier people. Watching Kasper Schmeichel sprint down a football pitch on a like bi-weekly basis is uh, <laughs> it's very uncomfortable to watch. So yeah, you, do, you would hope that this... This goal goes in. So, okay, scrambled effort from the goalkeeper. Right to right back we go, Michael. In my head, instantly, I, there was no other competition for this. On the overlap, mm. tight angle, mm. uh, a kind of almost instinctive finish, high into the roof of the net, and the keeper just sort of standing there, and it just goes through him, basically. There's nothing he can do about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but I think it's very different to the left back mm. goal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not spectacular. It's not a blast from range. It's very much late arriving, mm. unmarked. you kind of surprised they popped up in that position. And the finish, I would say, is it can be driven, it can be placed, but it's quite, it's just quite a solid hit. Mm. Yeah. You know, we're not talking goal of the month contender here, which we might be for other positions. But it's, I mean, obviously this was a spectacular version, but I think Carlos Alberto basically got the... Yeah. World Cup final version of the classic right-back goal. Mm. Oh, you take that goal in isolation, Charlie. We're talking about a 7 out of 10 effort here, aren't we? Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, there's one I really remember. I think it was Gary Neville's first goal for United. It was against Middlesbrough in a 3-3. And he did it. He, this is what I'm thinking, and it's very similar to what Coxie's describing there. He arrives and, and finished. He, he, he smashes it, kind of goes back across the goal. And there's that option, or there is the one you're describing, Adam, the sort of high and near post. But yeah, there's something, um, and this is obviously our right-back bias, but there's something more functional about mm. it. It's that the, the, the doggedness to get in the position and then the kind of, I'm just going to run straight back, not really, you know, look a bit angry while celebrating the fact that I've just smashed the ball into the back of the net. Okay, so I think we're all in a similar ballpark about where this goal is being scored from, where it originated, the type of player who's scoring this. And and I think we sort of got an idea of how powerful this finish is. But Coxie, if you could sum it up in a word, a verb or an adjective, what's this this goal? What is this goal? A lash? I'm not sure it's necessarily a lash. It's, I'd say it's driven. Driven. Driven goal. Drives are a kind of medium to long range thing though, aren't they? Drives. Rifle? Could it it be a berry? He's he's buried it from... Yeah, that's... You know. That's quite nice. Buried it is. Buried it is. Right, let's go over to left and back. Also, Sorry, also go on. Gary, Gary Neville's from Bury. So exactly. It it, it works oh, that perfectly. is a nice touch. That is a nice touch. Over to left back then, because uh, we can be much more adventurous here, Charlie, can't we? There's all sorts of possibilities from left back. Yeah, it's funny. Cox used the word spectacular there, and I, that's what I've got written down in my little notes here. Just you know, that That's the word I think of um, for a left back goal. Because obviously, you know, left back, left foot is always have amazing delivery we know that that's one of football's first rules and so they are able to score long-range goals sort of popping up uh and being invited to shoot yeah you know it's you know opposition players are backing off maybe not expecting them to actually do it and they they need no second invitation to smash one into the top corner um our listeners coxie got very vivid imaginations about this in particular. Um, let's start with this subgenre. Alexander Pitt says a left back is all about fluky crosses that deceive the goalkeeper. Sort of, sort of cross come cross come shots that aren't obvious whether they're one or the other, and they sort of sail over the goalkeeper's head, and he's he looks like he's out of position, but it's not really his fault. I I mean I wouldn't necessarily say that is what I was thinking, but I agree that's more likely to come from a left back than a right back. Yeah, yeah, um, completely. I mean the the. The Masuaku winner against Chelsea mm. earlier this season. I still don't know what that was, <laughs> other than being a goal from a left back. It was definitely that was that. one of the weirdest goals I've seen. I have yeah. to say, um, it didn't. You couldn't one hundred percent convince me it was a miss hit, but it clearly was because there's no explanation for it. James Enfield Charlie says um, left backs, as you suggested, generally score screaming drives from thirty odd yards out. Your Winterburns, uh, Van Bronckhorst. Mm. Um, yeah, there was that weird. Sort of run, there was that weird run where Chelsea used to have to because he mentions Winterburn, Silvino as well. Just, mm. just it was as if it was a kind of 
homage that if you're a, a left back, you had to do that. Yeah, I, I think that is that is definitely um, a big part of it. You know, these kind of these kinds of players will pop up. You know, only will score a couple of season, but when they do, you'll know about it. Uh, I do did like this very particular scenario, Michael, from Nathan Tall, who says uh, a left back with a mishit shot aiming for the bottom right corner, which actually ends up beaming straight towards the goalkeeper until a defender tries to block it, deflecting it beyond the keeper into the left of the goal, <laughs> typically scored in the 50th to 60th minute. <laughs> I mean, it's that, in your that, head. You know what? You know, you can picture it already. Incredibly specific. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I. Of all the positions, I would like swerve from this shot. Mm. I think they should be receiving it from central midfield. And because the ball's rolling that way, they kind of cut across it a little bit. Oh. So they get a little bit of, you know, it comes back a little bit. But very much blasted. I mean, not curled. I'm talking, a, you know, a little bit of late swerve, I think, for this one. Okay. So, so a relatively spectacular long-range effort. Charlie, I want a word from you, please. Not spectacular? You, you mean like no. the, the, the way they've... The way they've hit Ideally, the ball. Ideally, yeah, 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 yeah. Drive. The way it's gone in, of course. Drive it is good, lovely. Right into centre halves now, and I want a nice mix from our two centre halves. Charlie, you can go first with this one. It's a header, Charlie, but which way has it gone? Yeah, well, exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the uh, the platonic ideal that this, this, mm. the centre back goes up. I mean, that could be it. Could be a bullet header from a centre back. You know, mm. he's put, you're imagining a you know, one of the bigger, biggest guys on the team mm. and they're getting forward. Yeah, I think and they've, they've, they've made it, you know, they've sort of grappled with someone, uh, watched the flight of the ball and bulleted a header past the keeper. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it has to be a header. It has to be a set piece situation, Michael. But I'm not convinced about the bullet aspect because bullet headers re- rely on so much to go right. And there's so much jostling at corners now. I feel like it's going to have to be a slightly scrappier affair. And I really, really like this from No Score Draws, who say, um, this is for right centre-backs only, apparently. Corner floated in, both hands on his marker's shoulders. He levers his ungainly hulking frame skyward (laughs) before earring the ball down and in via deflection off the man on the far post. So kind of like sort of side-heading it down and in off something or someone and then in. (laughs) that, That feels to me like... Almost like a crashing header. Yeah, I can see that. I think it's got to be, they're using their physicality, aren't they? It's not necessarily the purest technique, um, but they're up there because they're big, basically. And I think that has to be involved. Yeah, I I like this idea of at least an attempted crashing header, even if it doesn't turn out to be one. We we may return to bullet headers later, Charlie. Don't be disheartened. No, Um, look forward to it. Over to our other centre-half. Now, as we've had a header... What else do you think we can we can expect from our centre half partnership, Michael? Um, could we perhaps suggest another long ranger? See, I think there is one. I think it's probably only Premier League level we're talking here, where centre backs are you know very skillful. And I would have it's not the ball just coming back to them and then hitting it. I think they have to be bringing the ball forward. Yeah, and it basically has to open up. Yeah. They've got to have, I'd say, one more touch than you expect. As if, <laughs> and then you just see them thinking, why not? And just hitting it. And I think um, the classic example, I would say this is actually more of a left-footed centre-back, but the classic example would be a right-footed, mm. which would be a company's yeah, goal. Yeah, that's the one. Leicester a couple of years yeah. ago. Just opened up. Yeah, I like this one. And Cox is bang on about this extra touch, Charlie, <laughs> because it's the touch that says, oh, what, really? Oh, okay, do I, fine. Do I, do I have this. to? Yeah, uh, yeah, that company one is absolutely the one that's uh, that stands out for the, for this type of goal. In which case, given that we have such a vivid collective vision of this, may I go for Arrowed? How do we feel about Arrowed? Arrowed, yeah, yep. Arrowed is nice. I like that. Arrowed. I think of, um, I think it was against Blackburn. Daniel Agger scored yeah. a real classic of this genre. Mm. I think that was very Arrowed. Okay, uh, I might change my mind and go for Rocket. Post post production, but we'll see arrow or rocket, depending on which which stage of evolution of warfare we're going for. Right, next up for our defensive midfielder, the sitter, Charlie. They're often supposedly noted strikers of a ball. This lot, regardless of how prolific their goal scoring record is, he can certainly hit them. Mm. Um, despite having scored twice in eight years, yeah, there's a real rareness to these goals that does but but what's weird is that often they they score very very few but when they do 
they look quite accomplished in doing it and you think yeah. oh that's weird why don't they mm. why don't they do that more and there's a i i mean i'm kind of they get forward and you're slightly surprised they're there and then from the edge of the box they might sort of sweep one into the bottom corner mm-hmm. in, in as i said a very kind of accomplished way that, that belies the fact that they score one a season if that and there's also so, something quite sad. I think that the teammates tend to really enjoy the fact that this player has scored because this player yeah. tends to be very well respected within the team. And Lots of head patting yeah, in celebration. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Hair ruffling. Well done, yeah. you. Well done, you. Yeah. I'll get back so what to sort of rain being dutiful. Sorry, I, I think around the edge of the box, um, but low. So, so it's not as spectacular as some of the goals we've been talking about before. And where the, where's the ball coming from? I, I, you know, I think it might have dropped sort of dropped them and they're arriving onto it and then okay. they sweep it into the bottom corner low and you're thinking Tom Huddleston-esque that sort yeah and, and yeah. Um, yeah I and think it, it's got to has it got to be a loose ball yeah I'm not sure it's generally passed yeah yeah I think it's loose I think it's yeah. almost like there's been an aerial challenge or something and the ball's dropped they're arriving hmm. very they, they might have the, if they're wearing long sleeves they might have them rolled up and then, <laughs> fine this is good they're, they're I'll take that this sort. and then yeah. uh yeah, do it in a very um, technical way. And then, yeah, get the hair ruffled and everyone pats them on the back as they run back towards goal. To complete the visual aesthetic jigsaw here, Michael, I want this player to arrive from out of shot as well. Like the camera doesn't even know they're there and then suddenly in they come steaming in. Um, yeah, I like that. I, I think the right back goal is, is quite out of shotty as well. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I get that. Um, I feel like the modern right back would be more involved than that. They're already in the equation, whereas the defensive midfielder is still considered to be not part of the attacking jigsaw in terms of the actual finishing touch. So, yeah, I'll, I'll have a defensive midfielder running onto a loose ball, and I will go for rammed with this. How do we feel about rammed? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to be sure, is ramming a eighteen-yard box or more thing? I'm worried. I think it can be. Yeah, I think it's okay. I think it's all right. He rammed home. Rammed, Michael? Yeah, i go for it, yeah. Rammed it is. Okay, let's go for our number eight. He's, uh, he's an all-purpose midfielder, Charlie, but he's got to add goals to his game. And, and the only way to add goals to a midfielder's game is to magically come up with the concept of well-timed runs into mm. or around the box. Mm. That's the only way to add goals to your game, isn't it? This is the Frank Lampard mm. paradigm. I would go as far to say that adding goals to your game... The concept of adding goals to your game, I mean, there's no, it's nothing to do with the actual technique of scoring. They don't talk about sort of shooting technique or, you know, you might want to practice it at training and things like that. It's all about where you are and when. It's, that's it. That's the only thing that matters. He, yeah. I mean, the thing is with adding goals to your game, there will, like this guy is scoring more. So there will be a bit more of a variety, I guess. But yeah, there are certainly, we can still, I'm sure, think of the sort of specifics that, uh, the specific types of goals that one who has added goals to his game is now scoring. So, Coxie, give me some detail here. What's the scenario we're talking about? So if we've got like a classic number eight and a, a playmaker, I'd say the playmaker is inside left position, mm-hmm. whereas I think my number eight is to the right. Okay. And yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, it's storming into the box, isn't it? Again, I think there's a slight left versus right difference uh, similar to the fullback, I think this player's got to be charging into the box late for quite a, a simple finish. Good um, to the right of a pitch. Whereas if it was from the left of the pitch, I'd be I'd be thinking something more more curly from twenty twenty five yards, I suppose. So I think, given the nature of this player, Charlie, and there's a certain level of function about them rather than style. I think we need to reflect that in the verb or adjective that we use to describe their goal. I would something like dispatched. Yeah, or even prodded. Uh, maybe, maybe prodded is a very close range thing. Yeah, maybe it is too close, but it's um, yeah, it's it's one of those types, isn't it? Because the ball kind swept? of yeah, I was going to say it could be, be could be a swept. Oh, I like the, the swept. Ball. So ball ball coming from the right, maybe maybe sort of a cutback, or maybe just a, a loose cross, and then swept into the left hand side of the goal. Yeah, yeah, the body. It could be as well the cutback defender diverts it with a sort of tackle tackle block and the ball's loose and you're running onto it and you, and you sweep it rather because because yeah. th- some of these as you say they're going to be a bit scruffier it's not even necessarily you're just sweeping it home from the fullbacks pullback funny that you say sweeping home 
it's always swept home. Swept the homes are always swept to mm, Michael. Yeah, swept I, to I, home. My the word home is is one of my favourite words in the language of football because it, it's so <laughs> loaded and and it, it also <laughs> utterly meaningless. But I mean, yeah. it, in many ways, it should be your own goal, but it's not. It's the other team's goal. It's where the ball belongs and it's home. Swept home. Yeah, I like that. I can't argue with swept home. I also feel like because this is quite um, it's not necessarily scruffy, but it's not a great goal. So I feel like this could be just a mere converted, mm. just kind of catch-all term for. A simple enough thing, isn't it? Yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. yeah dispatched so. and converted feel a bit penalty to me, as if it was a self-contained situation. It was it was in, entirely up to them to do the business, and it was almost like a transaction, which is what a penalty essentially is. So I, I like swept. I'll keep swept. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. This is Football Clichés with my guests Charlie Eccleshare and Michael Cox. And we're going through the trademark goal 11. Let's move on to our playmaker now, Michael, because this is almost almost non-negotiable for me. But for the spirit of this podcast, I will let you both have an idea at this. But <laughs> to me, it's a player receiving the ball on the corner of the box from a pass from the wing. Another touch to open up their body. Absolutely no disguise whatsoever involved here. Curled into the far corner. Not necessarily top corner, but at least chest mm. or shoulder high. Defender with his hands behind his back. Basically unable to stop it, but also facilitating its path into the goal because the goalkeeper can't see it. Jordan mm. Pickford at full stretch. Goal. Yeah, and then someone complaining about the fact, probably the keeper, maybe one of the defenders, complaining that the player wasn't closed down because you know you know what he's going to do. But <laughs> what's the goalkeeper? What, what literally is the goalkeeper doing as soon as that ball goes out? Charging out and slamming their hands down to the turf, which when they do it, then they realise it's actually a really hard thing to do. Like <laughs> slamming, stood up, slamming the hands of the turf. They regret it instantly. It's quite. It's yeah. You mentioned before, but Casper Schmeichel getting very irate at his defenders for <laughs> for letting this player shoot. And even though, as you said, it's not even that high. The re, it's one of those where you think it's top corner. The replays show it's it's actually quite a bit lower than that. But mm. it's it's enough in the corner that it's past his despairing dive. I, I think as well, there should be an exasperated co-commentator here. Saying yeah. you just can't let him do. Probably Andy Hinchcliffe, I would say. You just can't let him shoot from there. They know what he's going to do. You can't let him do it at this level. Player of his quality. Player of his quality. I mean, the scenario I've described, Coxie, feels so familiar, so undisguised, so frequent, and yet so undefendable. Why is that the case? It, it feels to me, from a layman's perspective, why can't teams stop players doing this? It happens all the time. Mm. There are players whose games are based almost entirely around it. Let's say Coutinho at his peak was, was very mm. adept at doing this. And it just felt like, why can't they just stop him doing it from a really basic perspective? Yeah, I was thinking Burkamp, but within the constraints of this formation, Coutinho is a much better example. Yeah, I mean, it, that was his entire game. You're absolutely right. Mm. And the funny thing with Coutinho, without wanting to get too tactical because I know he would tell me to move on but I never knew whether he was a number eight a number 10 or a left winger 
He was in the middle. Even of all he that. didn't know where he, he was going to yeah, play. He was just wherever could get him in that position to mm. score that goal. Mm. That's what he was as a player. Yeah, I had sort of a Rui Costa figure. Charlie scoring this goal. Socks down ish. Yeah, um, and it, it, it now it, being tweeted by one of those accounts. You know, Rui Costa was some player or something. Mm. And, and yeah, this will be Rui Costa doing Rui Costa yeah. things. <laughs> Even though, like, you know, he was a kind of player who you'd, who'd be. Big uploads, but you'd watch Football Italia and he'd be really boring and he wouldn't really do anything. You'd be like, I just, I'd much rather watch the Premier League. Floating around. Well, he, he, he scored a classic one like this for Milan against Brescia, I think it was. And you, when you watch this, you'll be delighted to see how much it fits mm. with your description of it, Adam. I've got it in my head. So we, we're happy with it being a curler from the corner of the box from a classic number 10 figure. I don't want to call it a curler. Charlie, because I want to call it a perler, because all perlers are curlers, right? right. That's the that's the rule. <laughs> what a perler! I, yes. I, I can't think of a goal that wasn't a curler that was a perler. <laughs> I would never use. Perler it's myself. almost like a peach and a curler uh, combined. <laughs> Crosses uh, are peaches. Peach plus curler equals perler. <laughs> <That's laughs> I, I, I I remember Jonathan Pierce was my first introduction to perler. Yeah. I'm thinking. Play. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those words where I think there's two different words, but I think people use it to mean the same thing. I don't know whether you've ever done this, Adam, but completely off topic. I think it's a similar thing in football commentary with fluidity and fluency. Yeah. Commentators say they're lacking a bit of fluency. And I don't know, <laughs> you can never prove that <laughs> that's what they mean because it can always apply. But I don't know why you'd ever say the word fluency in that. It seems such a weird, non-specific thing yeah, to say. Yeah, fluent and fluid. They're basically the same thing in football. Yeah. Absolutely right. Um, on Perla, now we know it. If you use it in that context, it's P-E-A-R-L, a Perla. But of course, to Pearl is to... It relates to a knitting stitch made by putting the needle through the front of a stitch from right to left. <laughs> Funnily enough, so oh, um, well, uh, I'm going to change. I'm going to change my use of that word <laughs> if it has to be from right to left. I think it might have been popularised by uh, uh, England World Cup hit Vindaloo, which I think <laughs> halfway course. through it says knit one, pearl one. Of course, wow. something something. Yeah. Um, so that's where pearl entered the football lexicon. But I will go with the classic spelling of P E A R L, Perla. On to the, what I've already established to be the most boring position in football in the modern day, which is our wide attackers. Um, let's start on the left, Charlie. To me, I feel like it has to be a kind of Thierry Henry-style finish. Mm. A, a ball played into the, to the channel, run through. Again, the goalkeeper knows what's happening. Left foot stuck out to try and stop it, but it's still going in. Yeah, I mean, there was that amazing sort of copycat movement, wasn't there, with Henry, when then you'd get... Sort of like Darren Huckabee and others yeah. who <laughs> I know Huckabee had been around a bit before he came to the league, but they'd it became very fashionable for Pacey Craig Bellamy, another one for kind of Pacey right footers to go over and do what Henri did. And obviously, Henri was very consistent with his finishing, whereas a lot of these other guys w- would try that. And often, you know, you need to put it right in the corner or the keeper because the keeper's going to telegraph it and they'll save it, but occasionally they would look like brilliant finishers and it would go in the corner. Theo Walcott yeah. was another one. But yeah. yeah, that that became a very, very popular move for, for inside lefts. Now, it, it depends, Coxie, where we want this goal to originate and how we want it to, to come about. But there's a, there's a mirror image elephant in the room here, which is all about cutting in. Now, uh, anonymous bloke on Twitter writes in and is very militant about his, this. He says, inverted right wingers cut onto their stronger left foot and place the shot in the opposite corner side netting. Inverted left-wingers cut onto their stronger right foot, but smash it into the left side of the goal, the goalkeeper's right, and almost like wrong-footing them. Um, And I have to say, I kind of agree with the aesthetics of this. I feel like that's become more common. I think of both Neymar and Mbappe finishing like that quite Mm. a lot. But no, I'm very much considering the the Thierry Henry side-footed, almost passed into the the far corner with that one, I must say. I, I, I mean, the fact that you're surprising the goalkeeper with it suggests, I, I don't know if it can be a trademark. Mm, okay. You know, if, if it was a trademark, the goalkeeper should be expecting that. Quite right. Quite right. Good logic. In which case, we will go for the kind of mini curl into the far corner. Mm. I won't call it a curl. Charlie, I'm going to go with tucked. 
How do you feel about tucked? Tucked it away. Oh, I think passed it. I mean, that what he's he's just passed it into the corner because that was Correct. such a that was such a thing that it was this new way of finishing to just pass it into the corner. He's almost he's just caressed it into yeah. the passed or caressed. Yeah, maybe tucked is too one on one y. I mean, yeah, it is a one-on-one style situation, but it isn't a direct one-on-one we're talking about here necessarily. Yeah, I can imagine a tucked as well as when you're just through with the keeper, sort of almost facing him straight, and you just tuck it into the corner yeah. with your or right foot. Legs. Could be yeah. through his legs, yeah. Yeah, could be tucked. Okay, okay, happy with that. Let's go over to the right then, Michael. Um, listener Harry says, this isn't even up for debate. This is Iron Robin or someone similar cutting inside on their left foot. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's, it's Thierry Henry and Arjen Robin are the two wide forwards in, in this team, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of lesser forwards or lesser wingers who just try this relentlessly. I think of Andros Townsend just trying this every week, and it's almost like when they broke through, they were left footed wingers, and they were just told to go down the line and cross. And now we've been told actually, your job is just to shoot constantly from range. <laughs> yeah. So they do it. But yeah, there's there's a few who do it. I think of um, Anthony Knockhart for, for Brighton as being all about this. Mm. Maybe Matt Ritchie when he used to play for Bournemouth, yeah. just constantly trying to find this. It's quite a democratic thing. Anyone can do it, apparently. Anyone can be encouraged to do it. That's nice. That's become how, that's how popular it's become, Charlie. But um, it's... It's a weird thing, the cutting inside thing, because it's obviously it's very well documented. And Iron Robin, of course, we, it's become almost like a meme about how predictable it was that he was going to do it. But when your team does it, when a player on your team does it, you think, OK, I'm out my seat here because this looks like a very promising situation. And conversely, when a player on the other team does it, you think, this is it. It's all over. Uh, they are guaranteed to score here. It looks like such a promising goal-scoring position. It's like the momentum's with it. Mm. All their body weight seems to be in the right place for them to absolutely belt this shot. So I'm not kind of surprised it's so common because it's just generally very threatening psychologically. Yeah, and it, it feels like often you've got a lot of margin to play with because you can obviously the thing he started it out so far wide with the defender and it's kind of curled its way in. The other thing as well though that Robin, I think he slightly started and then has been taken on ad infinitum by guys like Riyad Mahrez is the thing of chopping onto your left foot but then dummying it onto your right foot, then almost dummying back onto your left foot. And this kind of cycle that goes on and on, you're kind of dancing with the defender. I think of that Mahrez goal against Chelsea the, yeah. in Mourinho's last game in 2015, where he seemed to do that about seven times, but eventually did get it on his left foot and scored. Oh, yeah, so that reminds me, yeah, that, that makes me think, because I quite like how, say, Mohamed Salah, Coxie has has decided to kind of go the other way now. He's kind of almost like he's got bored of cutting in and now he's quite happy to go on his right foot on the right-hand side because I, I just feel like I feel it's good to keep defenders guessing like that and I feel like that's more more in vogue now, the idea of going on your weaker foot, so to speak, instead of cutting in. I agree. I remember that uh, very crucial goal that Myra scored away at Manchester City in that Leicester title-winning campaign where... I think there are two defenders expecting mm. him to go on his left and he cut back onto his right. Mm. It's, it's quite thrilling when they do that. It's almost like, it's not quite showboating, yeah. but it's saying, look, I, I can do that yeah. as well. Yeah, but I'm not quite having it as the industry standard just yet. I want to keep a cutter inner. But Charlie, where's the ball going and how is it going? Top. I think this is more top corner when it's a okay. left footer. Um, Curled or sort of belted? I still think of it as a curl. I know, I know, we've mm. got that with, but we've got very curly goals. We here. do, although it's slightly different because the the inside left, the right footer from the left, that is more of that sort of passing low mm. into the corner, and it can it can curl, but it can also be more a kind of straight line. Whereas I think this is more curly and uh, higher when it's coming from the left footer. Just want a word. Give me a word. Mm. Coxie. It's uh... you just bent it into the top corner. But, but yeah, Ben, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, oddly enough, now we've reached our centre forward, our lone furrow ploughing centre forward in our four-three-three. <laughs> um, oddly, very few listeners were cared enough to give us a description for their centre forward goal. It's almost like they they become such an afterthought now, Michael. They don't score goals, do they? Well, they should if they want to place in this team, Adam. Mm. That's for sure. Big time. Um, I mean, I, th- I think it's got to be from a cross. Okay. Um, I, I think it's, you know, one of our columnists, uh, 
Alan Shearer uses the word, the, the phrase second six-yard box. Okay. You know, I like that. So basically between the six-yard box and the penalty spot. I mean, I think some people say it has to be a... If you say a classic centre-forward's goal, I think you're thinking of a header. Mm. But I, I don't think it has to be. I think it has no, to be prefer, preferably a good run, yeah. a bit of movement, one for the defender, <laughs> one for you. <laughs> And uh, just meeting across and, and turning it home. Do you know what? It's very interesting you talk about, because um, Shearer talks about the, a lot about this on Match Today, about the, the idea that um, a striker will kind of make one run to take the defender away and then make mm. the actual run that he wants. Now, Charlie, to me, and I realise these are incredibly well-trained footballers and they probably do this in training and stuff like that, but it's, it's a mystery to me how a, the winger actually reads all this. Like, where do they know where to put the ball? I don't get it. it I find it absolutely baffling. And as a, as a former striker myself, I never got involved in that nonsense. <laughs> Just go where the ball goes. What are you doing? Just follow the ball, try and yeah. score. Yeah, I imagine the winger is also in on this conspiracy. They, uh, they, they know... They look up and go, oh, there's they, the first one. They know full no, well <laughs> what they're doing. I mean, the, the, the thing annoying. of... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'd be quite keen to incorporate the bending the run. I mean, I remember that when I was first introduced to that concept and thinking it was extremely clever. I mean, that's kind of classic centre-forward play to stay on side and, you know, dart in behind and then finish with a plum. You're, you're both heavily implying that this is a one-touch affair. Is this necessarily the case? Because I, I would quite like my centre-forward's goal to involve some sort of deft touch to bring it under his spell. <laughs> I, th- I think and if then, you... And then sort of swivelling, pivoting and firing. Oh, well, that's proper. That's proper forward play, yeah. I mean, that, I... I, I still it more think... physical as well. Yeah, I still think with a bent run, you can take a touch... You make the run, then you take the touch, you set yourself and then finish. It doesn't necessarily have to be first time. Okay, but who I do you do... have in your head when you're talking about this then? Say that again. Who? Who do you have in your head when you're talking about this phenomenon? I'm imagining like a Michael Owen type. Mm. Um, that sort of out to it when when the pass is straight, but the but the striker has made a kind of diagonal run, and that's helped to keep himself on side, and then yeah. he takes a touch and finishes. No, but I do also like your idea that the touch and swivel because that feels like proper. That's when you know someone really knows how to play up front. Yeah, I, I definitely want a bit mm. of an element of back to goal here, Coxie. It doesn't have to be proper, kind of bringing players in. There needs to be a little bit of angled acceptance of the ball with the goals. He knows where the goal is. And then bringing the ball under his spell, turning and shooting, maybe 15 yards. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I was thinking of like an Olivier Giroud goal. Stealing running, in. Running to the near post. Not, you know, never relied on his pace, Adam. So... Doesn't matter when he loses it, but yeah, good movement in the box, that kind of thing. That John- could be stabbed home, stabbed home. It could prodded. be stabbed home. Jo- Jonathan Pierce once described a similar a goal you described by Giroud as taking like a real goal snaffler. Snaffled, it's acceptable. Snaffler. I actually think I think I prefer snaffling to plundering. Actually, plundering is old fashioned. It relates <laughs> piracy. You talk, but you're talking about goal scoring in the abstract rather than. An actual act of goal scoring, I think, plundering. He plundered 240 goals. Yes, yeah, you um, don't, yeah, plundering an individual goal is weird. Yeah, plundering's rubbish, actually, isn't it? <laughs> I think it is. I think we can all agree. Sorry, can we, can, we just, can we just say that on record? Yeah, there's too much piracy chat in football anyway. Well, let's lose one. Plundering is going to be the one that goes. Swashbuckling, fine. Buccaneering, okay. Plundering, no. See you later. Um, okay, okay, I'm actually kind of one round by the Giroud esque. Snaffling. Snaffling because because it incorporates what Charlie was talking about an intelligent run, a bit of mm-hmm. timing. Um, it's a little bit unsophisticated, but but it is all about the finish, isn't it, Cox? It's all about the numbers. It's all about getting on the score sheet, isn't it? It's all about the goal. I mean, yeah, very few strikers would turn down an opportunity like that. So so yeah, sort of prodding it home from seven yards near post. Yeah, I think so. I don't want it in six-yard box. But yeah, anywhere between okay. the six-yard box and the penalty spot, I'm happy with. Okay. But you, go, it, it, I think near post court. is good because that's often held up as being, that's where a striker should be. Yeah, I agree. You've, oh, got, you've got a gamble. You've, you've got, got a gamble, gamble a attack the near post. And the clincher here is that if a striker doesn't do it and he's out of form, then, we, then it opens a whole can of worms. Either he doesn't know how to do it or he's not confident enough. He's not getting himself in those positions. Uh, he, he, sense, he's, he hasn't got the confidence to go there. Mm, love it. Yeah. Prodding or similar. 
I'm happy to go with. There we go then. A comprehensive 11-0 win for our side there. Of course, you think we've achieved what we set out to do here. Have we satisfactorily achieved a cross-section of modern-day goal scoring? I can't think of any obvious goals we've missed out across the board. That's a good question. No, I don't think so. I think you're right. I mean, the most interesting thing to me about considering this was just the difference between the left and the right, hmm. and the difference between left-footers and right-footers. Yeah. It's quite a profound thing to me, and it's definitely definitely with what foot you're using because, of course... In the final third, it almost switches. It's the, mm. the spectacular goals there come from the right yeah. because they're the left footers. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it looks uh, a pretty well-balanced side. It's interesting, Charlie, the preconceptions we have over left and right-footed footballers that we skirt around quite a lot on this podcast. Has uh, We really kind of crystallise them now because mm. um, they are different breeds and therefore they score different goals no matter where they are on the pitch. Even left-backs we consider to be much more exotic. So I think it's fair. I think it's a fair reflection of society as a whole. Yeah, it is. It is an ongoing curiosity and fascination that they are. They always seem to have good delivery, left-footers. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Okay, well, we've scrambled, we've buried, we've driven, we've crashed, we've arrowed slash rocketed, we've rammed, we've swept, we've purled, we've tucked, <laughs> we've bent, and we've prodded. Thanks for everyone to listening. Thanks to you, Charlie Ocrochet. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Michael Cox. Thank you. See everyone next week. Cheerio. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.